mentioned, and this is something that Jessica asked in her question, like my biggest challenge was actually um, just being tired all the time. <laughs> I was tired all the time. And I'm like, you know, in my late 20s and thinking, man, I should not be this tired. And so I had to actually go on a journey of my own healing. And we're still on it, by the way, as far as like, you know, health and wellness is concerned. I think we're all always still kind of in the thick of it and never quite arriving. And that idea of arriving is kind of bullshit in my mind. You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist, Cassie Knavel and professional esthetician and makeup artist, Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Today's episode is sponsored by Amy from Rebel Nutrition. You can catch her in episode 104. She's the creator of Online Course Academy and is hosting a free masterclass that teaches how to create a profitable online course that brings in 5K a month, even if you're starting from zero. I've been watching Amy for years now. She's had the opportunity to throw out many courses out there, but the one that seems to be the mainstay that's there all the time that I've seen her do really well with is her online course academy. I've known several people to go through this course and I've watched them just soar with success. So we're super excited to dive into it ourselves and I hope that if you guys are interested in making your own course and learning how to get it out to your audience and build as you go too, this is a great way to start. In this training, you'll learn the number one reason most online courses fail. It has nothing to do with the size of your Instagram following, how to make a 5K month or more from your online course, and a precise calculation for how big your audience needs to be. Also, how to grow your audience while simultaneously building your course. And also, why you don't need to be an expert before selling it. This also gives you a good insight on how to sell your course online and how to generate buzz and excitement around your course topic to get as many students enrolled as possible without paying for ads. Most people have concerns about creating their own online course, like what would I even create an online course about? How do I build an audience and who wants to even buy my course? Why would anyone listen to me when there are so many experts out there? How would I launch or even market this to a tiny audience? Would anyone even buy? What about all the tech stuff? Videos, worksheets, audio lessons? Oh, the overwhelm. And what about the logistics? Coming up with content, deciding which information to share, and can courses really create enough income for me to live off of? You know, OCA will walk you through every single one of these fears step-by-step using video, audio, and done-for-you email scripts, and even design templates to make your slides and other supplemental course materials to make sure your students get results. If you want to join, text online course academy, one word, no spaces, to 44222. Again, text online course academy, one word, no spaces, to 44222 where you'll receive a link to join the free training. We'll also link to the sign-up page in the show notes. 
Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Rebel Heart Radio. This is Cassie here. I am flying solo this week. This is actually our first solo episode that we've ever done for the podcast. I'm actually a little excited. I'm a little giddy. You guys know we love to talk, so we can definitely talk on our own. It's fine. Uh, And uh, as you know, if you listened to the podcast last week at the end of the episode, we shared that Genevieve is going to be taking a little bit of a personal sabbatical from the podcast just for a little bit. And so uh, creatively, we decided to kind of lean into some of these solo episodes. It won't be just me every week. I'm going to be doing some incredible interviews. I'm so excited. Um, The next one we have coming up is with my friend Sharon, and she has an incredible podcast called The Unrefined She with my other friend, winters and she also runs a business called the glow emporium which is all about this holistic approach to wellness um that i mean her perspective is just absolutely amazing so anyways i'm very excited to have her on the podcast here soon and hopefully next week uh we'll be able to launch that episode out to all of you but this week's episode was actually born out of a listener question that we keep getting over and over and over again. So I thought it might be time to actually address it. And really, um, I'll share the question with all of you in just a minute. But basically, what I'm going to do today is share with you all my journey, kind of my business journey, but also personal journey to a place of, you know, coming into this career in nutrition, which, you know, some of you may know, I don't actively have a one on one clinical practice or um, even really teach a lot about nutrition anymore. And I'll share about why that is um, as well. And so, you know, we've got bits and pieces of this story on different episodes, but We've never actually done it in one full episode. And again, this is a question I keep getting. So I wanted to make sure to share this with all of you. And I thought today would be a good day to do it. But before we get into that, a few updates for all of you. So I just wanted to share. I have a very fun personal update. Um, Aside from being back home and, and the wildfire evacuations being lifted from our house, I'm I'm just trying to get into a routine and get settled and everything. I don't know about all of you out there, but I feel like with everything that's happening with the coronavirus and folks doing school at home, which again, I'm so grateful that I'm, I'm not one of those parents who's having to do homeschool or, you know, remote learning, but, uh, you know, life is just like throwing us some serious curveballs. And I was just talking to one of my friends the other day about how I feel like the beginning of our conversation every time we talk is like, oh, I'm just trying to get back into a routine. Like we were ever in a routine for 2020. And I think that's the challenge of this year is like actually finding a routine. And so I'm excited to be in that place of, of you know, being in the thick of it and working back into my routine of my morning walks with my kiddo and uh, getting 10,000 steps a day or more, really reaching for more like 15,000. And, you know, leading into hydration and being consistent with my fasting schedule and all sorts of things. So um, I'm excited to be, you know, getting back into some sort of rhythm. And alongside that, I have a really exciting project that I am telling all of you about on the podcast before anyone else gets to know because you get to have the inside scoop. And that is that I am um, in the process of writing and finalizing a digital holiday cookbook. And so I am so, so excited. There will be more details as the weeks go on, but basically at this point, how you get to be in the know is that you hop on my newsletter and I'll provide a link in, in the show notes for you guys to join the newsletter. But this is my Northwest Kitchen newsletter where I share 
recipes and stories and some interesting cultural information on we've been like digging into cultural appropriation in the food industry, all sorts of stuff. So if you want access to this digital cookbook, it's basically an ebook. I just don't like the word ebook, if I'm being really honest. Um, and it's going to be free, which is so exciting. I can't wait to bring this free resource to all of you. So it is going to be packed with holiday menus, gluten-free recipes, and all my tips and tricks to make your baked goods and your holiday meals just like sing with joy, but also, you know, have some ease to them and simplicity because we know the holidays are going to be a little different this year, which we're going to be talking about on the podcast very soon. So that's my update. Okay, everyone, let's get to the meat of our episode today. And I am going to start out with reading you the listener question that inspired the episode. This is not an episode that is like packed out with a bunch of listener questions. It's literally just one question um, and me telling my story. So this is from a listener named Jessica. She said, Hi, I'm just starting to pursue a career in nutrition. I've really been getting into nutrition and fitness personally over the last several years. And I just love what healthy eating has done for my healing journey, my body. And I've just become so passionate about it that now I want to pursue more dreams that I have, which are to become a nutrition consultant or a nutritional therapist or a holistic nutritionist or whatever you call it. (laughs) These are her words. I love it. Um, And similarly, I know you graduated from a private college. I think Linfield is what you shared in a previous episode and uh, have a degree in math and economics, um, which I also have a degree in math. And I wanted to know how you decided to transition between, you know, kind of that traditional path or your, your math degree and then um, into nutrition and choosing that for like your career field. And obviously this is a longer, longer question. There's a whole backstory behind it. And again, I've told it in bits and pieces in all sorts of episodes on the podcast, but I've never told the full like start to finish journey. And I will do my best to keep it short and succinct <laughs> because it's a bit of a, of a juicy one to, to bite off. So how this all kind of started for me is uh, back growing up, this is like, I mean, it's hilarious, but really did start growing up. Um, I was in dance and I was pursuing not necessarily a career, but maybe like an early career in ballet and hip hop. And I was dancing professionally for a company. Um, Back then, I you know, didn't pick up really great eating habits from my family um, and had developed, you know, a bit of a disordered I don't, not a disordered relationship with my, my own body and my own food, but just kind of like my view of food was jaded. And we had a lot of junk food in the house. Um, my dad was diagnosed with type two diabetes when I was, I think 11 years old. And a couple years later, he actually stopped working because of the disabilities that were brought on the complications that got brought on from type two diabetes. And later, in my late 20s, I think I was 27 when my dad passed away. Um, He passed from complications from that type type 2 diabetes. And so as you can imagine, um, you know, having my dad diagnosed with diabetes at such a young age was something that uh, 
really brought a lot of turmoil to our house. And it was something that I, I just didn't understand. I didn't understand what it meant for his body, what he was going through. My parents were really um, tight lipped about it because they didn't want to stress us out as kids. They wanted to protect us. And so I didn't really know what all of it meant. And then I didn't, again, I didn't have a lot of great nutrition advice or habits or anything that I had kind of glommed onto over the years. And so when I quit dance to pursue a degree, I went to college and I never, I didn't have any kind of healthy eating habits or a positive relationship with food to bring with me to school. And so when it ended up happening was I, I put on a pile of weight my freshman year and my sophomore year and my junior year and my senior year. So I went into college being a relatively lean person. I didn't have a great body image because I was always told that I was like too big to be a ballet dancer. And man, I will post a picture for you guys on social media of Cassie from high school because I just found a photo when we were grabbing all our stuff to leave our house for the wildfire evacuations. I um, pulled out this box of photos and they had like my senior photos from from high school and some like fun dance photos of Josh and I because we legit dated in in high school. We're we're those people. And (laughs) it was just so... Um, it's interesting to look at that now as a 34 year old woman who just wanted to like tell that earlier self, like, oh my gosh, you were so beautiful. You're so beautiful. I was very fit, but I had a very poor body image because of what the dance community had put into my mind, both, you know, kind of overtly and covertly. And so what ended up happening when I went to college again, I put on all that weight I went to graduate school because, you know, for me, that was like the next step. If you go to a small private college, you're going to be encouraged to do a graduate program afterward. Most likely Um, I graduated at the top of my class in college um, and I majored in math and economics of all things. I have a really analytical mind. I love math still to this day. I geek out on it so much. Love numbers. And when I went to my graduate program, I was really unhappy I thought that that was just a logical next step for me, but I really didn't know I was unhappy until I was really like in the thick of it and feeling very depressed about the choice that I made to go into this program, into this master's program. And uh, the research that I was doing was not fun. I was not passionate about it. I had really poor leadership as far as my my advisors go. And so all of those things in that equation kind of equated to me starting to search for something different and something more for myself. And I remember coming home and so we were living in Colorado, my husband and I. So we got married um, after my freshman year of college. We're married through the rest of my undergrad program. And then we moved together to Colorado. I went to school and he worked in restaurants and stuff like that for uh, a couple of years while we were there. And the second year that we were there, I was feeling a ton of unrest and I decided to basically kind of take my health into my own hands because when we had come home for Christmas break and spent time with family, we had taken all these family pictures at some events and stuff like that. And I saw a picture of myself and I just had a moment where I was like, oh my gosh, that's not me. (laughs) That is not me. This is not a person that I recognize. And I had put on probably 50 pounds or so, maybe 60 pounds from the beginning of college until 
you know, about five years later into um, my graduate program. And so I went on a journey of dieting and weight loss. Uh, The diet I actually found, lucky for me, didn't like ravage my metabolism and make me extremely unhealthy. It was actually, it was a very interesting, there was a lot of fasting involved. It basically was keto with some fasting mixed in. Um, And now it did change my relationship with food um, in a great way at first and then in a poor way later. And that's like a whole nother, my dieting journey is a whole nother episode and a very vulnerable one, by the way. Um, but I basically, you know, I, I got into this, I started, um, you know, taking my nutrition in my own hands and really what happens, you know, so many of the time, it doesn't matter what kind of, you know, program or diet or whatever it is that you do. If you go from eating a standard American diet to eating, healthfully in any way, you are going to automatically consume more vegetables and less processed food and likely more lean protein, depending on the direction you're going with things and what you're choosing. And so I experienced massive success. I took off 50 pounds with this program. And again, it was a diet. And at the end of it, I just like felt like myself again. And it took me, so we moved back from Colorado to Oregon. I quit my graduate program because I finally realized how unhappy I was. And we moved back. And, and when I moved back, my intention was to work and, and take care of my dad, who was very sick at the time. This was before he passed. And then um, my husband, Josh, was going to his graduate program in teaching. And so we came back to Oregon so that he could go to school out here in Oregon And then I decided to kind of just take a breather. And I had been in the restaurant industry for years and years. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to return to the restaurant industry. It feels simple. It doesn't feel heavy. It doesn't feel weighty. Uh, And I continued to actually study for my actuarial exams, which if you don't know what an actuary is, I don't. I don't blame you, but basically it's someone who works as an analyst when it comes to like risk assessment in the insurance industry. Usually there are several other industries that employ actuaries, but they make great money. And I was kind of intending to, you know, go back to the restaurant industry, work as a, as a server, which I had done since I was like 13 years old. You know, you make great money working in the restaurant industry. It's very hard to get out of because you love making that cash every day. And Then I was like, okay, I'll, you know, pursue this, you know, actuarial sort of a thing on the side. And there's a lot of really difficult exams that you have to pass to even get like that first kind of internship style job, that entry level job. And then you have to pass several more exams over a period of a couple of years. Um, I passed the first couple of exams and then again had this kind of existential realization that this kind of job was not going to make me happy. And in the background, what was happening was I was really, again, dialing in my nutrition. I was swinging more toward this like funky thing called paleo, which back in 2010, 2011, like it was still such a new concept and the paleo community was growing, but it was still something that, I mean, a lot of people weren't really talking about it. It was just starting to kind of gain traction and I essentially had kind of switched to eating quote unquote paleo without even really knowing it. And it was just kind of the logical next step for me as I was navigating what was next for me with my health. I wanted to maintain my weight loss. I wanted to be taking care of myself. 
And I was starting to get a little frustrated that I wasn't getting a little bit more progress. And of course, during, mind you, during all of this, the only thing I was doing for exercise during that 50 pound weight loss was walking. I was not exercising outside of that. And having done dance for many, many, many years, I did dance for like, oh my goodness, 15, 16 years. That was my form of exercise. So not doing dance anymore, I didn't know what to do with myself. And so I felt like such a newbie when it comes to the gym. And for those of you who don't know, I'm an Enneagram eight. So um, doing things that I look like an idiot when I do them, or i.e. that newness that happens when you like walk into the gym for the first time, like that's not a thing for me. I, I can't handle, I can, by the way, it's a personal growth thing, but it's so hard for me because I feel so vulnerable. I feel so exposed when I don't know how to do something and I'm around people who do know how to do it. And so the gym felt that way to me. I felt like I had to be fit in order to walk in the gym. I felt like I had to know what I was doing at all these machines and weights and da 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 and I just had no idea. So I went into my local Globo gym and this was a crunch gym and I had heard I had a family friend who worked there and I had heard that she had a great recommendation for a personal trainer. So I invested for the first time in my life in a personal trainer and that person literally taught me all of my foundations for exercise and I did these fun like hit style boot camp classes that I absolutely loved. I got very lean, very, very fit, like basically sporting somewhere between a four pack and a six pack. But again, this is a story for many people who are in this kind of community is I got to a place where I was, you know, still having this kind of negative body image, even when I was at the fittest I'd ever been in my life and was still dissatisfied with that. So all of that to say, I know it's a huge backstory, but um, it's important to the journey. And that is that, you know, I kind of, when I put down grad school, when I put down the idea of becoming an actuary, the next step for me was so cloudy. I didn't know what to do. And so pouring myself into just continually like improving my body and improving my health was a focus for me for a very long time while I was working in the restaurant industry for those couple of years. And during that time, I found CrossFit because I had been doing these boot camp classes at my gym. And my trainer was like, oh my gosh, there's this new thing. It's called CrossFit. You would absolutely love it. And I was like, okay, sounds great. So of course, I don't want to try anything new, right? It scares me. <laughs> so I go to CrossFit for the first time. My trainer goes with me because we had become friends at this point and, and she was game. And we had one other person with us. Both of those women who came with me that day are actually CrossFit gym owners now, <laughs> which is pretty fantastic. But basically, long story short, I started into CrossFit within a few weeks, kind of found out what paleo was. And I had read this article from Rob Wolf on uh, 40, it's called like 42 ways to skin the zone or something like that. And it was basically kind of a paleo approach, paleo approach to the zone diet, which I had looked at and kind of my journey for continually trying to edit my body. And when I found CrossFit, I can't even tell you, I needed that community so badly. I needed a place to, to belong and to feel like I could like take up space in a room. And my first workout that I ever did at this CrossFit gym, I killed it. 
again, not saying this from a place of ego, but I had done so much work in the gym prior to that, that, you know, I, I like did a pull up for the first time and it surprised me. Um, and I did great at this workout. And so I, I mean, at the end of this, you know, 20 minute burner, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm signing up, I'm doing CrossFit. And so that kind of marked my transition and really this starting to open up in my mind about, nutrition and wellness and exercising is something like I could do as a passion. And it was becoming my passion kind of in the background. And all the while I'm actually like switching over from being a server to becoming a pastry chef at the restaurant that I was working at, um, to which I had no formal education as a pastry chef, but I, uh, I love baking. I'm adept at it. I've been doing it for years. I've made many wedding cakes and things like that. So it's another kind of little side talent that I have. And you'll notice this is a very common vein to my story that I pretty much take things that I'm either passionate about or are little like skills that I have. And I like to monetize them, (laughs) which I mean, at this point in my life, I really would like to stop monetizing all my hobbies and just like have some hobbies, (laughs) but that's a a story for a whole nother day. And if you guys are avid listeners of the podcast, you know, a lot of my kind of self-exploration the last couple of years have been, has been in the area of play. And I still like, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I still feel like I'm really in the beginning of that. So back to starting CrossFit, I got going with CrossFit and Then I, you know, found this kind of quote unquote paleo approach to life. Really, honestly, it's a diet, by the way. Um, But I, I had I was like, I'm already doing this. This is so great. And so I tweaked my macros a little bit to kind of match what I needed to do. Started going to CrossFit like three, four or five, sometimes six days a week. Um, and over the years fell in love with CrossFit, loved weightlifting, found a way to love my body and, you know, kind of evolved into this place where then I was ready to kind of look at, you know, what does this thing look like for me now? It's okay. It's a passion, but could I monetize this? And I was looking for a career path. I was already pivoting. I had already pivoted a couple of times. I knew I didn't want to stay in the restaurant industry forever because I wanted more. And so I'm, it was only a few months into CrossFit really that this all kind of dawned on me. And there was someone there who was teaching nutrition classes. I went to the paleo nutrition class. And after taking this class, I realized that I felt like I knew everything that they knew about this kind of holistic approach to wellness when it came to kind of this paleo framework. And that was a realization for me not of like the validity of that person who was teaching me, but, but my own validity in what I had learned and being able to teach and share that with others. And within several weeks of being at this gym, I had people asking me questions about what I was doing with my nutrition, um, how I was getting all these gains in the gym and things like that. And again, I was in that journey of like still having a lot of progress and a lot of growth to have happen in my body physically. And so that was a time where I was seeing a lot of results and not a lot of stalls. And so when I was getting approached by people, you know, I was just like, well, I'm not, you know, I don't have a degree in this thing. I don't, I don't feel comfortable like giving you specific advice. This is what I'm doing. So I just kind of started sharing in earnest what I was doing. And, um, I would do whole thirties with my friends and I would go over to their house and help them prepare food and like do meal prep on a Sunday and teach them how I did it. 
And it just had this natural place in my life. And then I started listening to the Balance Bites podcast, right? If you listen to this podcast, you might not be a stranger to that podcast. It's an incredible archived now podcast that Liz Wolf and Diane Sanfilippo started and finished after like, I think 400 episodes, which is just amazing. Um, we're at 120 today. <laughs> and I was really enjoying listening to the podcast and and the early days of the podcast was them really answering a lot of listener questions about nutrition and specific kind of, you know, hey, I'm dealing with this. What are the suggestions that, that you have? And they talked about gut health and digestion and all sorts of things. And it really opened my eyes even more. And they did an episode. It was really early on. I think it was like in the 30s out of these, you know, 400 episodes that they had done about their nutrition education path. And Diane had talked about her experience with Bauman College, which is a program um, to get your CNC certified nutrition consultant. And it's a longer program. It's more expensive than the NTA program, which is what I did. And that's what Liz Wolf had done. She had become an NTP, nutritional therapy practitioner, which is what my designation is. And the program that I did with the Nutritional Therapy Association back in, oh my gosh, you guys, 2013. And so when I listened to this episode, it was like 2012. I had been doing CrossFit for a while. I was into the nutrition stuff. And I was just, it was like they were talking to me about my possible career path. And I remember, you know, hitting stop on this episode, being done with it, going to Josh and being like, I think I want to study nutrition. And he was just like, okay, yeah, go for it. You know, which is his normal thing. You know, what's Cassie's next uh, career skill, et cetera, choice or thing she wants to monetize. And that was honestly the beginning of it. And I think that's the story for so many people is that you've kind of been on your own journey of healing, your own journey of maybe weight loss or weight gain, who knows. Um, and, and you find yourself in a place where people are asking you what you've been doing. And I think there's a really fine line in this moment. So for me, I knew I love getting advice from experts. I want to get my advice from an expert. And so I think there are a lot of people out there who are giving, even if their advice is, is relatively good, um, who are giving nutrition advice when they shouldn't. And those are the people who have not gone through schooling in something like nutrition, but are passionate about it and love it. And maybe you can offer up, hey, this is what I do. But I can't tell you how many times I have seen over the years people who have no education in nutrition who maybe, I don't know, sell essential oils or sell supplements, or maybe they don't sell anything and they just love supplements and this natural lifestyle and they're giving nutrition advice, or maybe they're just literally an influencer who happens to be fit. And so they give nutrition advice, which I don't eat. I can't with that. I cannot. Um, but I think there's a lot of kind of self-deemed experts out there in the nutrition field. And so if you are someone who's really passionate about nutrition, you love it, you're starting to kind of dabble with giving people advice or how, like trying to understand, okay, how do I give people advice who are into, uh, who are, you know, kind of on this journey to start? Uh, I would say don't give them any advice <laughs> and refer them to someone who you're learning from. Uh, who does have the expertise. So for me, I mean, this was kind of, it was this interesting natural flow where I had, I 
had started CrossFit. I was eating this way already. And I learned about the program, which I didn't even know existed. I didn't even know there was a program for holistic nutrition or kind of this more holistic approach out there. And it was a very affordable program at the time. I think it still is quite affordable. I just don't know the exact price point. I think it was four grand when I did the program. And, you know, my graduate program, my undergrad program, these are like schools where you're paying like thirty to $50,000 a year to go to school. And so for me, I was like, oh my gosh, four grand. Okay, I can do that. And so I leaned straight into it. And there was a uh, January start to this nutrition program that I wanted to do called the Nutritional Therapy Practitioner Training Program through the NTA. And I just, I went for it. And honestly, I would not change a thing, not a thing. The program itself was absolutely incredible. So obviously, I mean, there are other options out there. I hear a lot of people talking about IIN and C, uh, the NTA, obviously, and then Bauman College as well. And I know I'm sure there are other options out there at this point. Uh, and, and there are also some fantastic, like fully accredited holistic nutrition programs at like Bastyr University in the Seattle area. Um, and UNM has a master's in nutrition uh, out here and in the Portland area, which is really cool. So there's a lot of kind of a hub for holistic nutrition in, in Oregon and Washington. But outside of that, like all I can really speak to is my own experience with the NTA. And so I will just, you know, briefly say I had a wonderful experience with NTA, loved the program so much. I loved the people so much. The instructor that I had is now retired from teaching at the NTA. Her name's Kathy Eason. Um, But I got to see this like crazy science-based approach to nutrition in like a whole new light because you know, everything that we had been told that I had been told by doctors over the years about, you know, what kind of advice I should be receiving for nutrition. I mean, it's very convoluted. It's very confusing. And there's a lot of demonizing particular foods, which I mean, that happens in the paleo nutrition community as well. But the nutritional therapy program was not a paleo based program. It was an ancestral nutrition based program. So, you know, we talked about fermenting grains. We talked about, you know, why gluten can be inflammatory and how we make it non-inflammatory by fermenting it. We talked about um, the importance of just fermented foods in general and healthy fats. And it was just such a comprehensive program in terms of knowledge. Now I will say this, I obviously was going into this program to be able to launch a practice or monetize that degree. Like I don't, I don't do things halfway. So I had chosen this for a career path. So I was going to, you know, dip my toe in being an entrepreneur and I am naturally relatively entrepreneurial. And so what ended up happening was I, you know, graduated from the program. Well, there's no, or when I took it, at least, I don't know if this has changed. So just know this, if you're, if you're headed this direction, um, there was no real great business advice in this course. So you learn about like how to do all the client work. You learn the in-depth information about the body, about how to pair supplements properly for people, about how to do these physical evaluations that allow you to tune into people's bodies. It's amazing. And I literally had no idea how to start a business. (laughs) 
So I started stuff from scratch and I picked up little bits of information wherever I could. Um, I started listening to the How to Build a Badass Business podcast with Diane San Filippo. I highly recommend listening to that. It is, again, it's an archived podcast as well. And now she has the Driven podcast with Cassie Joy. Um, and she, Cassie Joy and Diane do a phenomenal job with their podcast. I am an avid listener. And that's a good one to listen to as well if you want to kind of branch out into this area of, you know, starting your own business in the area of nutrition or health. But all of that to say, I, you know, I came out of it, you know, not knowing how to start a business. And so that part was really hard. And this was kind of a follow-up question that I got from this listener, Jessica. And she basically said, like, what did it, what was like the day-to-day of your practice after you got this degree? And then how, like, what were the challenges that you faced over the the years? I don't have the question right in front of me, but that was basically um, summarize what she said. And I, you know, for me, I knew I wanted to have some clinical practice um, experience. I didn't know if I wanted to stay in that, but I wanted to work with clients one-on-one because I wanted those clients to inform the other things I wanted to teach in the future and teaching groups like classes is actually my jam. So I really leaned into, I actually taught my first nutrition class or several nutrition classes for free before I ever became an NTP while I was in school. One of them was like my community outreach project. And then several others were just, you know, to kind of build my name and put myself out there and try to give value for free, which is really important when you're building your business. And I, (laughs) I loved it. I got this high from, you know, being let into people's hearts and minds to be able to make an impact and help them learn like these little tips and tricks that they can do to to become a healthier version of themselves. Because some of it is so simple. I mean, it's like drinking enough water. It's getting outside. It's getting some grounding time away from technology and just for frankly, like putting fermented foods on your plate of whatever variety, chewing your food well, like it's so simple. It's so much less about the dogma of what you're putting in your mouth as it is about how you're putting it in your mouth, if that makes sense. But I, you know, I came out of this program and like ready to go and ready to build a business. And because I had spent time again in the CrossFit community, which ended up being my, my kind of client base in the beginning, Um, I had spent all this time teaching and providing value for free and sharing the information that I was learning kind of on social media and stuff a little bit here and there back when it was just like Facebook (laughs) and people actually saw your posts on Facebook if you had a page. And so when I opened my practice, I actually had a wait list for clients. So I took on a lot of clients really quickly and really just started with some like really small steps I did a lot of sugar detoxing with people. I worked with Diane Sanfilippo over the years as like a moderator for the 21 Day Sugar Detox program that she runs, the book that she has. It's a wonderful program. And I uh, use that a lot in my practice. So I would run clients through nutrition um, challenges that were kind of focused on this whole foods approach with reducing sugar out of the diet. And I loved it. I loved running these challenges. I had a blast with it. And so I had a really robust and full clinical nutrition practice for about five years. And that was from like 2014 to essentially um, 
2018 ish, but it spanned the course of like, I don't know, four and three quarter years. So we'll just call it five at this point because I probably started before I had my NTP license, (laughs) my NTP certification, um, started working with clients. So this is something that, I mean, my best advice, if you want to kind of get into this and, and figure out what program is for you is to just, you know, weigh the options, figure out budget wise and everything, what works for you. But the question that I ask myself is who has the job that I want and what education did they get in order to get the job that I want? And to me, I looked at someone like Diane Sanfilippo and someone like Liz Wolf as someone I wanted to emulate. I obviously, hello, we're two and a half years in, I obviously wanted to have a podcast. And, you know, through that, I thought, man, okay, I can teach about health and wellness in a podcast. I, you know, would love to do the blogging thing, which both of them were doing at the time. And I would love to write maybe a cookbook or, you know, things like that. So I was into the cooking side of nutrition a lot as well. Like that was my happy space with my experience being a pastry chef and then just being in the restaurant industry for years and loving being in the kitchen. And so for me, like these five years in my clinical practice, they taught me so much, but I got burned out really fast because, you know, I I wanted to grow. I wanted to earn more income. I had a lot of mindset issues around charging people more for my services, even though it was totally warranted, by the way. Um, What I was giving for what I was getting in return as far as income is concerned was absurd. But I had built this relatively successful clinical practice that was full. And then um, I got pregnant and had my son. And when I got to this place where I was, you know, trying to manage these one-on-one client relationships and the challenges that I was running and having my kiddo at home, I realized that I needed a lot more flexibility. And so I kind of eased myself slowly out of this one-on-one clinical practice approach into more of that like blogging side of things and, and just totally forthcoming with you all. The thing that allowed me to do that was seeking affiliate income from partnering with companies like Beauty Counter. So I was able to make that change. And now that's not the average story for everyone, like the disclaimer for everybody that listens to this, um, that knows about Beauty Counter, if you're contemplating it, like the average consultant, I think makes about $2,000 a year with Beauty Counter, which I mean, basically would cover the cost of your product and then obviously give you a great discount. And that's wonderful. And this episode is not about Beauty Counter, by the way, but I'm just mentioning this. Um, But for me, I looked at Beauty Counter as kind of this exit strategy for me to be able to build a little bit more flexibility into my schedule because I was getting some income from somewhere else, basically. And and that was, you know, part of the reason why I chose to jump into that in addition to all of the education and advocacy work that we do there. So I started to branch out a little bit more and bring in kind of some more interesting and different income streams. And that's what allowed me to kind of lean away from some of that one on one work. But while I was doing the one on one work, the day to day was pretty trying. (laughs) I am. I'm not an empath, but man, if you are an empath and you're looking into doing nutrition, I want you to think really long and hard about how you want to structure your practice or if you want to have a practice or if you want to approach it in a different way. 
because I just, I wanted to solve everyone's problems. I wanted to go to everybody's house and fix their relationships and um, cook for them and help them find like this positive and beautiful relationship with their body and with food. And I just, you know, you can't take that burden on. Everyone has to kind of come in and do the work themselves. And over the years, I mean, I, before I had little man, I was working from, I don't know, six or 7am on my business until I don't know, seven, eight, nine PM, depending. And I was logging, um, information and, and charting and, you know, the nutrition consultation process is so much more than just the in-person meeting that you're having with that person. You know, you're helping them gather resources. You're giving them a meal plan, possibly. You are maybe doing some cooking instruction with them. You are maybe taking them to the grocery store and doing like a grocery store tour, which is totally something you can do um, in your practice. And I think get creative with the kind of services that you're offering is really smart. But in general, I think one of the biggest lessons, and we talked about this in how to price your services. If you go back to that episode, I'll link it in the show notes for you all. I don't know off the top of my head what number it is. But, you know, I I would do my practice completely differently knowing what I know now. But a lot of what people start to do in their nutrition practice is, or when they're kind of developing that passion is actually start to blog first and share on social media, which I think is great. That just wasn't my journey. So when I started my clinical practice, I wanted to get into blogging really badly. I wanted to um, start sharing recipes and writing eBooks and doing all sorts of things. But my clinical practice filled up really quickly and I got stuck in this place of trading time for dollars and, you know, working kind of in my business rather than on my business. And so I, I loved helping people. I loved that people could walk away from a meeting with me and be the better for it. Like that's one of the most joyful things I ever experienced. And the relationships that I built over that time, some of those nutrition clients are still great friends. They're listeners of this podcast. Hi, hello. I love you so much. Um, But for me, I needed something that was a little more energy sparing and that really tapped into my creative potential. And for me, that was leaning more toward, um, you know, expanding out uh, the income that was coming into my business so that I could do the things I love to do, which by the way, is cooking and writing about it. (laughs) So, and that, I mean, obviously it's still a long story in between that clinical practice and now, but basically, you know, continuing to lean into these other income sources is something that's allowed me to have that financial freedom in my business in order for me to be able to dedicate some, you know, time to, to free resources and projects, which is fantastic. And and again, not the story for everybody. So, you know, I, I think the biggest challenge, like I mentioned, and this is something that Jessica asked in her question, like my biggest challenge was actually, um, just being tired all the time. <laughs> I was tired all the time. And I'm like, you know, in my late 20s and thinking, man, I should not be this tired. And so I had to actually go on a journey of my own healing. And we're still on it, by the way, as far as like, you know, health and wellness is concerned. I think we're all always still kind of in the thick of it and never quite arriving. And that idea of arriving is kind of bullshit in my mind. Um, But, you know, 
the coaching, the working with clients one-on-one, the whole process was really wonderful. I just needed to hit more birds with one stone. I wanted to teach more people. I wanted to have a bigger impact than I was able to have on that one-on-one level. And so I decided to move to more of group. I did a lot of corporate wellness education. So like corporate wellness programs, I would go in and teach about holistic nutrition. Um, the company would pay me to then work with their employees and I would be able to do more group stuff, which I thought was just a blast. I did a lot of nutrition seminars. I love teaching nutrition seminars at like gyms and yoga studios and all sorts of stuff like that. Because again, I could earn a significant paycheck for that day, but then also get to teach lots and lots of people. So that was a really fun thing for me to lean into. And obviously there's a million different ways to use a degree or a program in nutrition, a certification in nutrition, but this was just kind of my journey. And so that's kind of how my practice evolved. And I think the biggest reward that I found from the whole experience was learning how, learning what people needed and how to help them effectively. And I've been able to use that knowledge and apply that to the things that I do, you know, with Beauty Counter, with the blog, with this podcast and sharing the information that I do here, just kind of in a different way. And the whole process was just a really... I mean, it was a, a crash course in business as well, because I learned really quickly that the things that, that what I knew about business was like not enough. And so when I got out of my nutrition program, I actually, I was obviously doing a ton of research for specific client issues and things I wanted to help with. I mainly worked with um, women who were kind of in that period of like perimenopause or menopause and needed some hormone support. And then I also worked with women, I would say in their thirties and forties who were wanting to lose weight and a few kind of men here and there to, you know, help them become a healthier version of themselves. A lot of them started as CrossFit clients and they moved into um, clients I was getting referred from a few doctors, from a few other practitioners that I was working with. And, um, and so my practice filled out and was a lot more well-rounded in the beginning. Again, it was a lot of CrossFit athletes, which was a really wonderful experience as well, but not necessarily who I wanted to work with as far as my ideal client goes. And in the end, like who my ideal client ended up being was folks who were dealing with type two diabetes and we come full circle. And this, honestly, this is what inspired me to do it in the first place was seeing my dad go through what he had gone through and not get the help that he needed. And also, I mean, he lost hope. He was very depressed. He kind of quit trying. And part of that, there are many reasons, but part of that, I think, you know, I can't ever know, but I think was because of how frustrated he got that he would try something and it wouldn't work. And no one had ever taken him through this holistic approach. It was always, oh, you can have all the carbs you want, just dose with insulin. And, you know, that advice come to know now and, you know, over the last eight years or so is really frustrating (laughs) and not helpful. And so, you know, without talking about a a diagnosis too much here, I will say again, like this is not professional medical advice right now. You know, the thing that was so disheartening for me was that someone could get type two diabetes and not, and then not believe in their own ability to heal and reverse that 
And so the end of my practice is actually, you know, like that moment where I start to like really attract those clients that I like really want to work with and can have quite a life changing experience in actually a relatively short period of time with good advice and, and supportive care. Um, I decided to, you know, kind of move away from this one-on-one clinical practice, but through that whole experience coming full circle to basically helping the person that my dad was, was a really healing journey for me in general and one that I'm really proud of. And, and, you know, I just, I never wanted anyone to go through what I had gone through with him. I had never wanted anyone to feel and experience the loss that I felt at such a young age to lose my dad at the age of 58 due to complications of type two diabetes, a purely preventable disease. (laughs) So I, um, I mean, I know we've, we've jumped all over today, but I mean, that's, that's in general, that's my journey when it came to nutrition. For me, it was a, it was a no brainer for me to go from the career in math and economics, which I had had a big epiphany around that was just not making me happy and was not going to make me happy to finding this passion for health and wellness and mindset education and all sorts of things kind of all encompassing. And now I get to teach about a lot more than that. Um, You know, health is so much more than what you put in your body. It's so much deeper than that, right? And to be able to discuss that here on the podcast now is just one of the most joyful things for me. So without making this episode crazy long, I will say from start to finish, I loved that nutrition program. It was a absolutely life-changing experience for me. And, um, and I would do it over again, a hundred percent. I would do it over again. Now I would structure my business differently, but I would do that program over again and, um, maybe lean into a little bit more of my strength in how I wanted to show up in the world. But I don't think I really knew that back then. I think that was something that developed over time. So, um, I, any, any resources I mentioned during the show, everyone, I will link those in the show notes for you. Thank you for being here with just me. I know, It is like the most joyful thing to have Genevieve in your ears. I know it is for me and we're going to miss her over these next few weeks, but um, she'll be back to us soon. And uh, I thank you. I thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. And you guys, if you have not listened, rated, reviewed the podcast in Apple Podcasts, please go do so. I would be so grateful and have a wonderful week, everyone. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes and we'll catch you guys on the next episode.